Secrets of the Sire. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, and pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Sire Studios Digital Network. That's youtube.com slash Sire Studios, facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire, twitch.tv slash Secrets of the Sire, and you can always go to secretsofthesire.com. Uh, this podcast will be available on all major podcasting apps immediately following this uh, live stream. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Anywhere you can download podcasts, you will find us. Tonight, Jim Lee Speaks, Spielberg out at Indy 5, G.I. Joe returning to film, and we get to make a really big announcement. All this tonight. I'm your host, Michael Dolce, joined, as always, by my cohort in crime, Lord of the Livestream himself, Mr. Hassan Godwin. How you doing, sir? Wednesday again. It is Wednesday this, again. This happens every week. We got to do yeah. something about this. Now you were watching some sort of video, uh, you were you were trying to tell me about that. Can't you get that got you? Yes, there's a, a YouTube video, a YouTube mm-hmm. channel called Panels to Pixels, and they I like a, panels. Yeah, they have a they're a, they're a podcast too. Okay, I don't I don't do podcasts. I'm strictly a video man. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. I only do YouTube. I'm very uh, you know sophisticated in that manner, but um. The, uh, isn't it, the isn't it great that we have this hit podcast and we both don't listen to podcasts? Yeah. Wow. So, I right mean, there. we don't want to, you know, you don't want to get stagnant. Hey, it's true. I don't want to be, I don't want to be influenced by what other yes, people are doing. Exactly. We want to make our own mistakes. We want to fumble around in the dark because that's mm-hmm. the most fun. Right. But it's called uh, the Kirk, the Kirk Cobain of comics. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, the, the headline of it is why you're wrong about Rob Liefeld. And, uh, you know, I don't know if the... Something didn't happen over the weekend with him, right? Like, he's still on this earth, correct? Yeah, he's alive. Yeah. <laughs> he, is, he has not right. done any... He has not harmed himself that I All know right. of. Um, they, uh, just, just to uh, get the audience up to speed, Rob Liefeld is a comic book artist, a very famous comic book artist, famous for, for good reasons and bad reasons at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a... Uh, uh, one of the founding members of Image Comics, which was a revolution in which our industry. Which published Descendant by yours truly. Just I'll wait. I'll just wait. I like, I like patting myself while you, self, while you self-flagellate. You know? mm-hmm. So anyway. Um, now available as a trade paperback on CyrusRusing.com. Uh-huh. Uh, see what I did there? Yeah. That's why I didn't keep going. See what I did there? Hack my stuff. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. There's more. Buy right. my book. Remember that on mm-hmm. the critic? You ever see that yeah. on the critic? Critic is yes. one of the best shows of all time, by the way. Uh, no, I don't know if anybody no. has seen it. Disagree. It's one of the best Disagree. cartoons of all time. Disagree. Oh, oh we will have an entire uh, retro review on the critic. I, I just, you know, yeah. yeah. I wish I could finish the, the story that you asked me to. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I'll just wait here. That's good. It's Wednesday night. What a well. You're supposed to power through. Am I? Is that? Is that where the? All right. Yeah. Sometimes I sometimes I mess that dynamic up, and I just no, I'm always <laughs> you I'll missed wait. that memo, right? Yeah. Well, we don't really use memos. That's the problem. Good we point. don't distribute information. Note, that note way, to self: so. Start yeah. distributing notes. <laughs> start to memo. Self. So just send me a text. <laughs> send me a text while I'm, when I'm lingering. You know, I'm like, hey, keep going, even though I'm talking right now. Keep going. <laughs> Move it, motor baby. Through Move this. it. Motor through. Yeah. Motor through it. We're, we're slowing down. But anyway, I watched this podcast, and it was. But I didn't. I I thought the comparison 
of Rob Liefeld with uh, with Kurt Cobain was a little dubious. Mm. Um, but uh, it, you know, to 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 continue to clarify, Rob Liefeld's kind of a notorious artist. He was a he was one of the founding members of oh, Hot Button Word Image. Here mm-hmm. we go. Mm-hmm. Was, I've already self promoted. Go ahead. I don't know. I'm just I'm wondering if that's going to trigger you again. Um, and then uh, you know he's he you're pausing on it. You're pausing on it would actually trigger it. Not I well, I was yeah. pausing to give you room. I don't like okay. to be stepped on. All I'm, right, a, go I'm, ahead. A, I'm an adult, damn it. Um, yeah. w- w- along with Jim Lee and Todd McFarlane, right? And they they started uh, Image Comics. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Rob, I feel it's arguable. It's arguable and mm-hmm. i don't agree with the the term yeah i don't agree with this term it's arguable he's a bad artist i don't agree with that anatomically term. speaking he is not the most accurate artist well in the Whereas, science in the science of sequential storytelling in our in the comic sure. field it's arguable that he breaks enough rules yes. um where it's it's a cross between him being an utter visionary pioneer mm-hmm. Or a disaster, right? <laughs> you know, it depends on which which Whereas side of the spectrum Jim you Lee fall Jim Lee would be on. considered the rush of comic book artists in terms of anatomical and storytelling. Oh, okay. correctness. See, you can't jump from from uh, Rob Liefeld would be considered the Ramones. You can't just jump to musical analogies, though. I, just I mean, did. you can't. You gotta you gotta rush. What? It, come on. Rush is considered rush. the te- the most technically accurate no. rock band. Jim Lee is the Beethoven. Of comic books. Oh, all right. Well, if okay. we're going, all right, that's fine. If we're going classical music, yeah, I'm going yes. rock music because I don't okay. really listen to classical music. All right, all right. I'm but just... you were also you you said something to me off air that I thought was really interesting though. It was like you Google the net worth of some of your of the, some of the creators. Oh, don't. Okay, yeah. I no, I like that. that. That's good. See, that's that's, that's... not really good. That's kind of weird. It's <laughs> not no weird people shabby. That's, son, that's a little. Son, that's people do behavior. that all the time, but they don't admit they do that. I mean, I don't. Do that, but uh, of course not. Of course, you never do. <laughs> you just get triggered every time the word "image" comes up. But that's okay. <laughs> Google the net worth of Michael Dolce. <laughs> <It's>, oh, <yeah. laughs> a lot of yeah. negatives. A lot of negative yeah. symbols come yeah. up. So don't you know. don't Google either of us. Just don't. <laughs> just don't. It's a mistake. Um, but the Rob is a very noisy person. Dubious like, analogy can, to Kirk Cobain. It is. It's a very dubious analogy to Kurt Cobain because Kurt Cobain is is well, he's dead. Not well, he is. He is no longer with us. Yeah. But he's also not really. It's not really an argument as to what his genius level Correct, is. Right. Or he has what always his contributions been, have been. Right. He has always you know? been essentially revered from day one. As soon as he knocked Michael Jackson off the number one charts. Yeah, he's like a '90s Beatle. You know, right. like nobody really questions the, the, no. the artistic contribution contributions oh my god correct of the beatles you know right. so i mean you may not like nirvana but you cannot argue about this me, me thinks because kurt cobain is such a google searched uh keyword that they were trying to kind of it's hock funny. onto it i get i it's get what they're trying to say panels to pixels never actually explains why they make that comparison <laughs> They go on a long tirade yeah. about, and it's, it's it's a usual tirade. It's it's interesting, um, and they make a, a lot of good points as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. They they go on a long tirade about why, yeah. even with the the, the supposed mistakes or yeah. or inabilities of Rob Liefeld, which he's an artist, so I don't denigrate him. Um, yeah. His choices are his choices, and it is gold to somebody. You know, yeah. every every piece but, of art is gold to someone. Um, 
he, in, in spite of all these things that he's notorious for, yeah, he's still, you know, he's still it's amazing to me, right? It's amazing to me. A lot of me. energy and feeling and 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 uh, and emotion. Rob Liefeld is, is actually the Green Day of oh, of comics. No, it really, he really, they really are because when Green Day first yeah, came onto the scene, you're just gonna stick on these musical analogies, well, right? Makes, you well, because the, the title, what, I mean, what was the what was what was the title of the article? It's not. He's not the Nirvana. He's Kurt Cobain. No, you I know? know. So you're talking. Yeah. We're talking about a personality versus uh, a versus his art. You know. All right. So all he right. would have to be the Billy Joel if if it worked in the analogy. The only thing I can think of is that because Kurt Cobain, uh, as a songwriter is not necessarily making the most complex stuff and as a singer is is usually generally off key substantially that's the you, only thing i can think of i my argument isn't isn't that particular because mm-hmm. that's a that's a good analogy that's yeah. a good uh distinction if you want to mm-hmm. but the, the fact that they just left it open to interpretation was my argument about it's like well wait you got to tell me why He's what, the Kurt Cobain of comics. What I'm you know? finding like, well, that, that amazes me. he's still alive. Me. Right. You know, like he's still, right. he's still doing what he's doing. What amazes me about that article in general or that video in general, though, is, is, is how the pendulum has swung back in Rob Liefeld's favor after all these years, though. And that's the it part that, that amazes does. me. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't always. No, no, it doesn't always. But like when it, he first came on the scene, he was revered for, again, no one had ever drawn like him before. And then when you started to really seep into the actual art, you're like, oh, as an artist, you'd be like, uh, this guy can't draw feet. Those muscles, <laughs> there are muscles that shouldn't belong. There's his, always smoke. His, why is there smoke inside the house? Captain you know, why is, America. Why is there mist rising inside the danger room? I yeah. don't understand. What, his you know? <laughs> Captain America Heroes Reborn image to me will go down in infamy as one of the worst drawings I've ever seen of a, of and, a man's and chest. And ironically, the video said that that image was never published. It's a no, notorious it, image, yes. but it was never actually genuinely yes. published. Correct, right. Because Marvel looked at it and said, Someone's chest doesn't start from their neck. Their neck does not extend <laughs> all the way down to the floor. And then when the chest actually extends. No, again, you can pick it apart. That being said, Rob Liefeld was one of my favorite artists as a kid. Um, his stuff did pop. His, his, his inks. Rob Liefeld, I'll argue, is actually a better inker uh, than a penciler. Because when he inks his own stuff, uh, the energy pops off the page. Um, and, and so, Well, because I think a lot of inkers, I think the conventional wisdom from back in the day was a lot of inkers were quote-unquote, fixing his work. Correct. They were inking it. Yeah. So um, when he started yeah. inking, I think when he, sta- when he started X-Force and he started inking yeah. himself, oh, yeah. becoming really big, yeah. that's when people started noticing his work was a little, like there was something, uh, quote-unquote, off about his work. Yeah. Because he wasn't hiding right. any of his, you know, any of the foibles that Deficiencies. he was uh, supposedly, yeah. Now there's I mean, the whole thing. There's the whole thing about the, you know a, a, the middle of the X Force run though, where Merritt Michaels was essentially drawing everything around the heads. Like he would just draw faces and heads, and that's it. Um, and then Merritt Michaels actually went in and drew all the bodies. Uh, so so there's also that that to to dive in. There's so much to actually dive into when it comes yeah. to um, life. And he's but, got a he's got a very bad uh, he's got a very bad online presence where he, yeah. he argues and curses at his fans and stuff like that. Sure, but I mean also the fans tend big to Laker fan behave, too. The the fans tend to behave badly. So, yeah. You know, oh yeah. I yeah. Mean, it's, no, just, it's one of those things. Again, but what I was what I was really mainly looking at because he was he's basically the noisiest of the three who started yeah. image, right? Yeah. And so like his 
as we were talking before, his net worth is like about two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Nothing to sneeze at, making comedy no. for a living. You know, having coming out of all of that with two million dollars. The thing is that his uh, his his uh, counterpart, contemporary, uh, mm-hmm. his contemporary, or yeah, what is one of his contemporaries, Jim Lee, who's also now that we are going to go into another story. About <laughs> yeah, later he, later on. Yeah, yeah. He's the uh, he's a publisher now of uh, DC. Mm-hmm. Um, he's worth about according to according to the internet. Yeah, he's worth about six million dollars. Right. You know, so that's a, it's again, a hefty. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Now the quietest of the three, mm-hmm. Todd McFarlane, who you never hear anything about right. or from. <clears throat> Three hundred million dollars. He he's explainable because he started the toy company. That's why he's he started worth, the toy company. Yeah. One of his characters became a movie, which neither right. of the other two did. I mean, Correct. okay, you got Deadpool uh, for Rob Liefeld. Correct. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, surprisingly enough, Jim Lee. None of his Jim Lee's uh, endeavors ever, ex- you know, yeah, um, yeah, uh, expanded beyond the comic book. Right. Uh, but you got to figure also too. This is back in ninety one. Uh, Young Blood number one sold a million copies. Yes, it was. Uh, the cover price was two dollars. Sixty percent of that went to the distributors, like Diamond. And back then, there was a Capital City distribu- distributors as well too. There was an actual competition. Um, so it sold it sold a million copies. The creator made forty percent of a million. He made three issues. Right there on gross alone is 1.5 million, something to that extent, or a million dollars. So to be only worth two million at this point, even after all that, yeah, yeah, and then us saying using the word only, Uh, well, (laughs) but but still, in comparison to in comparison to other people who, uh, yeah, who I you know there's a sci-fi wire is most of their videos are still on uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, which is a, a component of the Sci-Fi Channel, um, and they interviewed uh, Todd McFarlane, and yeah. uh, they have like an hour-long interview with Todd McFarlane going yeah. through his his, and it's it is absolutely fascinating. Anybody industry bound, comic book industry bound, or sure. industry adjacent, or you know, yeah. uh, in the midst of the industry in and of itself, should watch it because it's fantastic. It really awesome. Is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's something to be said about the, the difference between making a loud noise and making a loud contribution. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Rob Liefeld con- contributed at the front end. Yeah. And now he's very loud about his contributions and about his, about his legacy. Sure. On the back end. Whereas Todd McFarlane contributed throughout. You know, there will the be front, the middle and the end. There will be an Image Comics movie. There was a documentary about it, but there will be a movie because there is there's a lot of uh, hearsay, which we won't repeat here, of about course. what went on and and all yeah, that who's stuff. To know? And who's to know what's what's correct and what's not correct? Yeah, you know, I I merely say that the interviews are fascinating. They're, Just like there will be a there will be a secrets of the sire required movie required viewing. Oh, yeah, whatever. Lawrence Fishburne will play you. It's done. It's cast already. On that note, we will uh, segue into our opening credits. 
Which one do you want to start with first? This is uh, this. I'm going to start with this one. This is actually not the eye-catching one, but I, I like this one. I don't know why you even asked me, so just go ahead and do what you're going to do. <laughs> uh, Paramount is relaunching the G.I. Joe movies with its Snake Eyes spinoff, which just wrapped this week, uh, developing more Transformers movies. And now there's a movement on Mask. Chris uh, Brenner, who co-wrote January's surprise hit Bad Boys for Life, has been tapped to pen Mask. That's M period, A period, S S period, K period. Uh, Paramount Global and Hasbro's- Armored Strike Command. Yeah. Big screen take on the toy line that was launched in the mid-1980s. F. Gary Gray is attached to direct the action adventure project, which, in case you need a refresher, send it on an elite. Strike Force, Mobile Armored Strike Command. Command. Very I good. said that. I know. <laughs> but with, with a K. That's with actually a K. right. Yeah. That's why I'm emphasizing it. Um, <laughs> squaring off against Venom, Vicious Evil Network of Mayhem. Um. Uh, I actually remember that show, and I loved that show. When and I was the leader of Venom was named Miles Mayhem. Mm, oh, look at you, man. You are a, a, a <laughs> That I don't remember. Yeah. That I, I had, don't I had the I had the, uh, the, the switchblade, his uh, helicopter, to turn into a jet when I was a kid. Very early, that. very early to do this, but I want to do this right now. Over under box office for mask. Oh, boy. Look, it could be one of the. It could be a Venom, right? It could be one of those runaways, right? right? It depends right. on the film. It really does. I mean, you if they if they come into it counting on nostalgia to get mm-hmm. them over the finish line, and they don't contribute anything to it, or they don't put anything uh, innovative into the the storyline yeah. or the movie or the production or whatever, um, then yeah, disaster. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of one of these lackluster disappointments that they're yeah. you know, that they're always talking about. But if they if they just put some oomph into it and some heart behind it, it could be something. Even if it is not on the, you know, as we were talking about just just now, even if it's not front loaded, it could be back loaded. You know, it could come out of it with a nostalgic, uh, you know, uh, resurgence of the the genre, or whatever people appreciating it. Um, over under forty late. million. Over under forty million I opening don't know. weekend. I hate these things. This is the dumbest <laughs> segment. It really is. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna go under. I would say, I'm going to say it's the safest thing to be negative. You know, it's safe to be negative. Well, I want it to succeed. Yeah, but you just said it, you just, you just voted against it. You just bet against it. Exactly. It's the only way it's going to succeed. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't we learn anything from Birds of Prey? All right. Moving on. James Mangold in talks to replace Steven Spielberg as Indiana Jones 5 director. Uh, This is from The Hollywood Reporter. Another Helmer may be carrying the bullet for the new installment of Indiana Jones. Ford v. Ferrari director James Mangold is in early talks to helm the fifth installment of the franchise, taking over for Spielberg, who has directed all of the other installments. Harrison Ford remains on board. It's the latest creative change for the feature, which was first announced in March 2016. It was initially given a release date of last year, July 19th, 2019 and subsequently pushed back to July 10th, 2020. I don't see how they're hitting that, considering no, <laughs> they don't have a director. No in June 2018, Lawrence Kasdan, uh, uh, sorry, Jonathan Kasdan was brought on to write the new draft and delayed the production to a release date of January, uh, July 9th, 2021. Uh, the choice to hands, hand the reins over uh, fell to Spielberg. He decided to step down so the next generation of filmmakers could usher the franchise forward. Let me look two two points on this real quick. One, I finally got to see Ford v Ferrari on the plane to Chicago. What an amazing movie! Really amazing. Matt Damon, Chris, Christian Bale has the ability to make himself look six feet tall on screen if he wants to, or seven feet tall on screen, or look five foot tall on screen depending on the character. 
and mm-hmm. and he's his his like physical transformations to me are still I, like I'm, I marvel at that. Um, yeah, so, ironically, the only role I never believed Christian Bale in was the role of where he played a Batman. You know, yeah. where he, he had a costume on and everything that was yeah. helping him. Every yeah, time he's true. Christian Bale all by himself, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that guy is that guy is definitely uh, a psychopath. Murderer, yeah, you know, and, or whatever, and, you know, or or uh, an anorexic, right? You know, or whatever right. his. Uh, but you know, when he put the Batman mask on, I was like, that is not Batman. Yeah. <laughs> That's Christian Bale in a Batman suit. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. So that's the thing. Is it, uh, Well, anyway, but I digress. Um, I liked Ford v. Ferrari. I was, and I mangled was with really Logan. Well I mean, Logan was amazing. So, I mean, yeah. that's a, you know, that's a great one. Um, I just, you know, here's the thing. I, I actually think Steven Spielberg is doing exactly the right thing. You know, you would sit there and go, well, we want Spielberg, we want Spielberg, but not that 4 was a bad movie. Uh, it wasn't great. It, there was a lot of things wrong with it, and it is clearly the worst of all the Indiana Jones films. I disagree. It's, but anyway. Which one do you think is the worst one? I don't know about a worse. The, the, the production, value, production value wise, mm-hmm. or, or cinematically, I would say Temple of Doom is the worst. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, but overall, we're I, talking it's overall. It's my favorite. It's my favorite of the four. I love Temple Doom. But it's worse of the four. Yeah. Um, there was some egregious editorial uh, chop. It was, it was, okay, it was okay. like someone took a hatchet to that movie, toward, especially towards the end. But um, Yeah, uh, okay. I, I, you know what's funny? I, without you having to say it, I actually know exactly what you're talking about. You can see some things. You can just vision, envision uh, yes. some of the... Yeah, but that kind of you know, it's, yeah, that just but that's like you just kind of accepted that when you were like a movie goer back then. You're like, saying. and yeah. this is this is and now in this new age, this is the same director, same same, yeah. same creative team. The same mistakes are not forgiven. You right. say. and right. then people say, "Well, this is inferior to the other thing." It's right. the same thing. This is yeah. always my argument. It's like the same. It's like it's like the argument about the the fridge nuking the fridge. That's ridiculous. You're watching Indiana Jones. It's all ridiculous, you know. To 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 claim that that is to, to, that he survived a nuclear explosion in the refrigerator is say more ridiculous than a guy reaching into another guy's chest, pulling his heart out, and the guy's no, 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 no. See, I won't make that apples to apples argument. I will. That's an apples to oranges argument because it's built that's around not. story. No, it's built around story, and that's okay. The surviving a fridge is the same as surviving being ju- being. Uh, dropped out of an airplane down a waterfall and having to land and, and make it's it. Not, that's, that's why that's it's the not apples, apples to apples. That's, that's apples not, to apples. That's not apples. I mean, it's, it's the same thing. The entire genre is absurd. The entire thing is based off right. of serials where everything is, it, it is predicated on its absurdity. Yes. So to look at it and say, well, this doesn't fit, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I actually happen, don't disagree with you on that either. Though. I had no ridiculous. problem with the refrigerator scene. I really didn't. Yeah. I, I mean, it was I, ju- I to me, it was just as ridiculous as getting knocked out of an airplane uh, with a raft and somehow course. managing to live yeah, without any broken you boats. You slid down an entire mountainside and then ended up in the rapids. You, you and right. then landed right in front of a village that right. needed your help. Right. No, I, I, you I, the, I'm, with this, this I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. I'm with you 100%. Right. Or a, a knight who's 600 years old who's sitting in a cave waiting for any No, but see, to that in. to me is the – you would apple, that's, to me, that argument is apples to apples with the heart argument because it's something no. supernatural. Yeah, but um, it's absurd. It is supernatural. Do you right. understand what I'm saying? It is, it is not – 
Well, no, but what I'm saying is one is supernatural and one is, well, could that really happen in real life? Whenever you're adding, whenever you're comparing anything to, could this really happen in real life? And then you're accepting the fact that he could come across a supernatural Mm -hmm. uh, specter who is guarding a cup in a a cave. It's all absurd. It's just, you know, it, it is all just what you, what you allow yourself to digest. If you know, but the genre itself did not betray itself. The genre is absurd. Right. You know, it's if fine. Mangold, if Mangold gets the gig, what are the odds we see a de-aged Indiana Jones at some point in this movie? Oh, like a, no, no, sorry. A de-aged Harrison Ford. Maybe. Sure. Why? I don't know. Good. Like, like high odds or low odds, like good shot or bad shot that we're going to see a de-aged. I think why, we're going to see. You, why do you ask that? What, what, what? I really want. I really want to see a a young Harrison Ford again. Uh, we have the technology to do it. We've done it now in Ant Man with uh, with Michael Douglas. We've done it in countless countless to films. To what end, though? To what purpose? I don't like seeing my heroes get super. Do you old. mean is he going to be de-aged through the whole movie? No, he's or not. Just... I know he's not. I'm sure he's not. Uh, but so that would actually ages. be my ultimate. That would be my age problems. That's, that that's, would be my ultimate wish. Well, don't I don't. I don't want to see. I don't want to see. Yeah, that's yeah. Don't put know. that on me. That's that's. It's up to you what you want to see. Or I'm not asking. Really what are the odds we're going to see that? I I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I right. don't care. Right. I mean, I don't. Very, I don't even know what we would. What what the discussion gains us? There's Maybe no discussion. There, I just don't want to see him old anymore, man. That's well, like it's like. It's like you know what when I went to, I went to see Pearl Jam uh, we'll see the movie, last maybe. year and you know and Eddie kind of steps oh, out and you boy. kind of see his silhouette and before you can actually see him you just like see like the arms get up and you're like you're like oh there's a little bit of skin hanging down it's like dude that guy's getting old and it's like no my heroes are getting old like he had old elbows I don't want to see old elbows I don't want to see old Harrison Ford I don't want to see a 65 year old man who's now 75 you know running around and doing stunts. Like, I just don't. I want to see... Don't go see the movie, maybe. Stay no. away from it. No. This is, these are your problems, you know? I, oh, I, you're I not, fully, I'm fully aware. These, these are your issues because you're not accepting the reality of the situation. You don't know how to face reality. But so this is movies. It's not reality. There is no reality. It's movies. Like well, you just the, said. You literally just said <laughs> it's not reality. I'm not whether well, the reality of the situation is that the actor who is going to play it is in his, you know, in his, not the is in his 70s. Reverse that. Come on, no, James Mangold. No, no. Give us the so even if he, and then so what? He does it, he does it for a few minutes. He does it for a few minutes, and then it's blatantly, it's even more blatantly obvious for the rest of the film how old he is, and then you complain about that. I know. I know. So that's All you. Right. Just don't go see it. All right, well, over and under whether you should go see it or not. I say. <laughs> <laughs> under i'd say it's over 50 percent that you should not go see it oh okay oh did the reverse on that i was going under all right mm-hmm. when we come back jim lee speaks now the sole publisher of dc comics and i'll tell you all about my c2e2 experience when we come back Check out the all-new Sire Studios website, sirestudiosinc.com. Find all your back issues for The Sire, Mainstream, Undone, and more. And be on the lookout for news and announcements, convention appearances, and brand new podcasts coming to Sire Studios. That address again is sirestudiosinc.com.
Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, and pop culture every Wednesday night. Uh, we are brought to you by all of our beloved patrons, dedicated fans, Tom Osa, Craig Caruso, Einar Peterson, Matt Byer, Omar Morales, Brian Phillips, our program director, Stephanie Dolce, and as always, our Uber fan, Christina Dolce. You can go to patreon.com slash Studios to go check us out. And again, reminder, as soon as this broadcast is over on Facebook and YouTube and Twitch, uh, we are available on iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it, we are out there. All right, last week we talked all about the major news of Dan DiDio being replaced. Um, it happened right before C2E2, which is the... Dan DiDio, where of what? Hang on, hang on. Anybody who's, who's, it is the... For people who are listening who don't know who Dan DiDio is. And, he you know, was like, the chief uh, creative... He was the co-publisher of DC Comics. Uh, it happened right before C2E2, which I was going to then explain what C2E2 which was, is the Chicago should explain Dan first. Comic Book and Entertainment Expo. Look at that now. Uh, Dan DiDio yeah, and well Jim were supposed to speak as co-publishers of DC, talking about all the new stuff that's going to go on. Uh, instead, it happened a week before, uh, or maybe even date. No, I guess it was a week before. Yeah, it was a week before the show. So... They actually pulled the Meet the Publishers panel, but Jim Lee still had a personal spotlight panel, um, and this is reported on by Newsarama. Uh, DC's now sole publisher and chief creative officer Jim Lee has indicated that DC won't place Dan DiDio at all. Um, there's continually new things going on. I look at being sole publisher now, and the team I'm working with much more in the trenches now than ever before, he's quoted as saying. Um, we've been with Warner Brothers for decades. Lee elaborated the actual strategy for DC is to put publishing at the center of what we do, responding to the rumors that they were actually AT&T who recently uh, acquired Warner Brothers was going to pull the plug on DC Comics. Uh, it's my intent going forward as the publisher to lean into the collective years of my team. Uh, Lee also seemingly but vaguely addressed rumors that about Marvel acquiring DC Publishing in terms of maybe licensing the characters and or acquiring the rights out, you know, uh, outright, uh, which have made their way into some internet rumor circles. Uh, he shot down any chance of this. He said, to address some of the stuff that is out there, there's rumors, speculationally explained. I wouldn't put any credence into it. DC's been around for 85 years and will be around for another 85 years. I hope to be doing this panel 85 years from now. Uh, Lee also spoke about the impending chain, uh, DC's impending 5G initiative. Uh, it's hard to talk about things we haven't announced. Intention is not to do a line-wide reboot. Our focus in talking to editorial team is to continue what we've done best, character-driven stories, pairing right creators on right characters. Uh, I will add something that was not uh, brought up in this article, but uh, Scott Snyder, who supposedly was feuding with Dan DiDio, was actually flown into C2E2 uh, unannounced and last minute to do a series of panels uh, for DC oh, Comics. Nice. Okay. So, so, that's so, cool. so me thinks, me thinks uh, Scott Snyder won the war or won the battle at the very least. Uh, the Dan DiDio 5G battle uh, was, was won by Scott Snyder. Because that, that was the rumor, apparently, that, that uh, Snyder had such a big problem with all the changes Dan uh, DiDio wanted to make through 5G, uh, including if you go to our archives, go to secretsofthesire.com, you can listen to it. We talked all about it. But, uh, you know, making an ultimate line uh, cha- ultimate line level change to the existing DC books, and that would be the DC universe. It's not Ultimate Universe, where there's like a secondary universe kind of um, standing next to the normal, uh, you know, DC universe. It would be mm-hmm. just one universe. It would be things like, you know, redefining the mythology of Wonder Woman, uh, redefining, you know, Batman, 
making more diverse uh, representations of ex- pre-existing white characters. There was a whole there was a whole rumor mill of things that were supposedly supposed to happen. But uh, yeah, me thinks uh, me thinks Scott Snyder won that battle. Uh, what's your take on on what Jim Jim Lee uh, kind of addressed this panel? What do you think? I think he's pipe dreaming if he's going to be around in 85 years. <laughs> I thought you were about you to know. give a hot take. Wish like, I think he's pipe dreaming if, if he thinks uh, DC's not selling the company. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, you can't, I mean, it's ever diminishing returns, you know? It, having the two of them together keeps the competition alive in the industry that Marvel is pulling from, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's Marvel has an invested interest to keep that, uh, that content alive in, in, in as whatever minuscule form possible so that they can keep the viability of it up so that they can keep pulling from it to keep making their franchises for however long they want to keep the MCU going. So, I mean, if they decide to pool it all together and put the, put DC and Marvel together, they're actually in, in spite of the, how it looks how it would look like they're expanding on their resources, they would actually be diminishing their resources. Yeah. So, um, and I think a business savvy um, entity like a mega conglomeration such as Disney would know that, you know, they would see the, the, the folly in that. And so I wouldn't, I'm not going to say they would never do it, but I think they know better than to do it, especially, you know, now, especially in this controversy, they may creep up, and and five years from now, you realize they just they bought Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. and so in effect, they do own <laughs> DC Comics. Yeah, um, or they may buy AT and T, and then realize that not only does Marvel, I mean, does uh, <laughs> does Disney own communications in general, um, but they also right. they also own all of comic bookdom. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think that's I, when I, that's when Congress steps in at that point. Well, maybe who knows. You know, Disney may own Congress by then, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> they, they probably own them right now. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're owned one way or the other. Um, so uh, I, I just don't think that it would happen now. I don't think I don't think you would see it now. Where, where people are, uh, you know, openly panicking yeah. about that. I, I, my whole thing on this too. Um, by by the way, I, I spoke to super guest Fabian Nicieza, uh last week uh, individually. What exactly and makes him a super guest? He was on like multiple multiple times. Like Pat Shan would be a super guest. Darren Sanchez, yes. Oh, so yeah, I'm a super yeah. host because I've been Gomez. on multiple times. Well, I would I'm, hope. I'm a... I would hope your 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 designation as host would be enough. I mean, you're not a super host. It's not like no, you guest hosted host. here. No, but I've been on many times. I mean, if that's mm-hmm. only distinction. You're already a lord, though. You can't be a lord and a super. I can do whatever I want. I'm an American. Unless you're lord super. I mean, then to, I'm super lord. That's just super lord. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's, a really, that's a really insecure lord. It's like, lord, like you, it's not enough to just call me lord. I never said I was not insecure. It's not enough to call me lord. I need to be a super lord. Super lord. Super lord. Uh, do you get together with your lord friends and you're like, yeah. you're like, I don't way, have, no. I'm a I, super lord. And the rest all of them are like, my friends are underlings. They're like, F you. <laughs> yeah. You can't ding an F. I just, I just you did because I'm I'm a super maximum lord. <laughs> oh, gee, we're talking about insecurity. All right, we're all right. We're, just on. telling it like it is, my man. <laughs> just telling it like it is. Uh, no, so here here's my only thing on this. Right, yeah, Lee right. was taken surprise supposedly by the ousting of Dan DiDio. As much supposedly. as 
I want to believe him. And I think I believe that he believes what he's saying. You know, he sits there and says, I wouldn't give much credence to it. It doesn't exactly fill me with the, um, with the confidence level that he actually has any say in what ends up happening. Like, ultimately, I feel like that kind of, that kind of thing is going to be above him anyway. He's the tri- chief creative officer and publisher. But the last thing Jim Lee is going to probably want to do, having met him and, and you know, having an acquaintance-like relationship with him, I mean, he's going to want to get in and make really good comics. He's going to want to get in and do, do something from a storytelling yeah. level uh, because that's what he's great at, not just it good at. Sounds he's like, at. It sounds like the conciliatory speech that someone makes right. after something devastating has just happened to their, right. to their worldview. You know, well, you know, I hope to be here. Whenever, whenever someone talks about being around decades after, you right. know, like exaggerates how long that they, they hope to be doing this thing. Um, right. It is, and it's not to it say he won't become. Of it's not to say he won't become aware of, of things, uh, yeah. and he will probably become aware of things before the news hits. Right. But it's not like he's sitting there in the meetings with AT and T. At least, look, this is my best guess. Where AT and T is sitting, there, you know, some some suit in a in a boardroom somewhere. It's just like, hey, give it a marble. I love those movies. <laughs> you know, let's license them out. Yeah, but I mean, That's genius. I would think that AT&T would be looking at Marvel and looking at the accomplishments that, that the MCU made and realize that they have their own entity with just as much a rich history um, with this, just as many decades, if not more decades behind yeah. them yeah. and behind it. And, you know, they, they own, they arguably own the, the greatest superhero franchise that has ever been, right. you know, produced. So I think to get get rid of that asset or to sell that asset off, even if they don't know what to do with it right now, yeah, I think to sell that off would be stunningly short-sighted. Yeah. You know? um, well, again, I don't e- think even ever... the DCEU yeah. has been has is a billion-dollar franchise. Right. Even you know, even though it is second to Marvel, it's still the number two of right. the greatest movie franchise that we've ever seen in history yeah so i think to sell that to sell off the source material to that would be i mean i wouldn't put it past them it's corporate you know they make right. dumb decisions but that's my point but that's my point and jim lee we all sit there and say this sounds like the dumbest idea known to man i know i just I'm and that just don't mean it ain't gonna happen and, and to be honest of with you it's not that doesn't mean that jim mean. lee is really gonna have a say in it unfortunately yeah but i mean look it doesn't, I, it doesn't pay to be meta about... I'm about, not trying to stir the pot here. I'm not trying to create rumors where there are none, I'm not, and, and I, I'm not I'm trying not, to be a bringer of bad news. I'm just merely looking at that saying... I'm not saying it's you. I just say it doesn't, it doesn't pay to be meta about the information that you're being given when you don't sure. know anything about the information. Sure. If you're, if you're like, well, corporate-wise, this sounds like you know, something somebody would say when they don't really know yeah. what they're saying. Yes, maybe so. But for the time being, right, to to side to second guess or to sidestep his words with speculation. Now you're now you're in speculation territory. Now you're yeah. not dealing with facts. You're not dealing yeah. with information, genuine information anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just caution the industry about that because that's endlessly what keeps getting us into trouble. Like, yeah, yeah this is what he said. But what he really means is, you know, and it's like, okay. And then usually what happens is you, you put, you, you compound um, uh, vagary with, um, with speculation 
and um and and uh what do you, what do you call that uh yeah you know, speculation or or uh or theory right? right and then none of it it it, it didn't it all explodes into disinformation and none of it is true and and before you know it you've lowered the the value of yeah. whatever information that you actually do have because yep. you're too busy trying to get around the lie to get to whatever fabricated truth you think is there. Mm-hmm. Look, if Jim Lee says, "Look, I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to I'm going to continue to do this. I'm going to make more information available to you as soon as humanly possible," mm-hmm. but we're still going ahead with that. It doesn't pay necessarily to think past him on it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, we could be cautiously optimistic about it, but it, let's listen to what he says and see what happens. Yeah, just just between you and I, if we're having that conversation, you know, personally. I mean, in our industry, we're supposed to second guess everything and and and, and jawbone mm-hmm. the entire situation to death. But I don't know, I don't know if that's going to serve us in this particular situation. We will indeed wait and see. Uh, real quick before we go to break, uh, had a great time at C two E two. Got to see a lot of friends of the show. Victor Dandridge was there, um, who uh, has been a guest on the show before, and and uh, will be affiliated with us going forward as well. To Joel Mulvey, uh, got to spend some time there, which was with him was great. Jeff Gomez. Uh, from Starlet Runner, uh, who will actually talk about I know in, that guy. Uh, in the next segment as well, too, was there for some really cool uh, Ultraman-related things, which was which was awesome. Uh, and got to meet super guest Chris Arendt in person. That dude is so much taller in person than his Twitter picture alludes to. I had never actually met him nor seen pictures of him, just his Twitter profile, which every time he's is on there the show- a size scale involved in his Twitter profile? Or did they give you a size comparison? No, but when you see it, just a little thumbnail like, and it's like the neck up, like I just assume, like for some reason, <laughs> the little I think the point up. of your statement is that it gives you a thumbnail. Like you do- Yes, <laughs> yes. I don't and know I've why you would try to gauge- of him before. And every time he's on the show, he always calls in. He never shows the video. So uh, Chris, it's you're an awesome dude. probably not him. He's, a, he's catfishing you. You are an awesome dude. And, never seen him in person. And you are wonderful it was great to finally meet you in person so much taller than i expected. it wasn't him I, I don't think it was him apparently i was so much shorter to him than than he had assumed i think he was a beard i, I don't I know think, if that's true i, I actually i don't know if that's true at all actually i just <laughs> i just thought it'd be. i think he's a little alien in his a beard giant suit his beard. <laughs> <And> he was <laughs> it's real and it's spectacular all right when we come back we go spinning the racks and we get to make the first of many Huge announcements to come in the following weeks. Secrets of the Sire is going rogue. What does that mean? We'll let you know next. I'm everything my 19-year-old self fought hard to not be. Yes, you are the... It's like 19-year-old are, self is like, You've become what you hate. You've become the enemy. 19-year-old self, don't sell out. <laughs> yeah, 39-year-old self is like... Sell out sell every night. Out. <laughs> like, sell it out, baby. First sell sign of out. trouble. First sign of trouble, sell out. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week. We go spinning the comics to movies racks, bringing you the inside information of all the stuff happening in the comic book world that will soon translate 
into the small and big screen. This is Spinning the Racks. Spin the Rack, Spin the Racks. Ultraman is coming to a comic book store near you, courtesy of Marvel Comics. Uh, Ultraman, uh, sorry, Ultraman revealed their upcoming plans with Marvel Comics at C2E2. Uh, Subaraya Productions is thrilled to announce the story details and artist lineup for the Marvel Comics Ultraman series, The Rise of Ultraman, which is coming later this year. Uh, It was revealed to a packed house by Marvel Editor-in-Chief C.B. Sapolsky at C2E2. Uh, it will be co-written by Kyle Higgins and Matt Groom with art by Francesco Mana. Uh, covers by Ed McGinnis. You can see the Ed McGinnis covers right now on UltramanGalaxy.com. And personally, I got to tell you right now, go to that website and hopefully don't bash it because I, I built it. So I'm, I'm just very excited that uh, everyone gets to go to see Ultraman Galaxy. Yes, the, the fine folks at uh, Sire Studios slash MBD Studios Inc., which is basically just me. Uh, and Couple other, couple other folks is responsible for launching that site, and I'm just giving myself a little pat on the back for that. What a change! I know. Ed Hawking, uh, were you an Ultraman guy by any chance? Were you a big no. Ultraman fan? No. No. What 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 was it that that turned you off to it? We didn't get Ultraman really that much when I was a kid. Yeah. We got you know we got Godzilla. And we got, uh, you know, we get we got the Toho movies, and then we got uh, Jet Jaguar, which yeah. kind of was Ultraman, was an mm-hmm. Ultraman ish. Yeah. But we didn't. I didn't really get Ultraman as a series or as a as a, a an entity, an yeah. entertainment entity when I was young. So mm-hmm. I either missed out, you know, I was following the wrong circles, or yeah. it just didn't didn't come around when I was young, in the in the early eighties and late seventies, early eighties. I I told someone recently it's amazing ultraman has like these like little closet fans everywhere that you just wouldn't you wouldn't even guess like i was at like a a meeting um a networking meeting and i mentioned you know hey i just launched the ultraman website and his face went <gasps> you know like that scene in uh, simpsons when mm. millhouse learns or or, or, or sorry everyone learns that like they're casting the fallout boy uh, role and everyone's like hat kind of like goes off into the vent. No, because I don't watch. Aren't you a Simpsons? You're come on, you're old school Simpsons fan. Nope. Radioactive Man episode, one of the greatest episodes of all time. Um. Okay. No. <laughs> no. Oh my god! I have what? to lock you in a. What is? What is? No. 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 I refuse. I refuse to be co-hosts with someone who does not revere early Simpsons the way well, I do. Then we're making an announcement. Ready to announce it. Wait, what a great segue. <laughs> Secrets of Sire is going rogue. What does that mean? Uh, it means next week is the last episode of Secrets of the Sire. That's crazy, right? Look at you. Yes, yeah. We're actually not kidding. I'm actually not even joking. That is an official no. announcement. We are going rogue. Uh, we are being. Uh, we will be part of a much larger network. And over the next two weeks, we'll be in the course of rebranding and renaming the show. Uh, the focus will be the frequency for all things pop culture and the disruptors behind it. So basically, we get to kind of do the same thing that we're doing pretty much for the last 211 episodes. But 212 will be Sayonara Sire. Uh, Sire Studios will remain a separate entity and will be continuing to do some awesome comics. So I will definitely shamelessly be plugging myself and Hassan uh, throughout the course of it. 
no matter what the suits say, but we'll have some suits and we'll have some really, uh, really cool, yeah. um, cool new and exciting things. This all leads up to a major announcement happening uh, immediately following San Diego Comic-Con. So stay tuned. We're going rogue. Next week, we're going we're gonna to preview Bloodshot and we're also going to have a Sayonara Sire bash episode 212 will be the end of Secrets of the Sire as we know it. See you guys next week.